We're joined in studio right now by Magic Mike, our UFC expert here on SEN. All right, tomorrow is like Christmas morning for your Australian UFC fans. It's UFC 298. Now, we're building up to the biggest event in UFC history, UFC 300, in about six weeks' time or so. Mike, uh, UFC 298, however, is the big one for Australia. We have Alex Volkanovsky in a title fight. We have Rob Whittaker. Uh, in a co-main, I think they're calling it. Yeah, co-main. Um, and we've also now got Junior Taffer on the same card, replacing his brother, Justin. Uh, where do you want to start for this card, Mike? Let's start at the top. We'll go through through Ilya and Volk to start with. So Volkanovski and Ilya to Puria. Volk drops back to featherweight to defend his title. Never been beaten in this weight class, but Ilya to Puria. He's been billed as like a Spanish Conor McGregor on the way up, big power, has never lost a fight in MMA. Um, tell us a little bit of a background on Ilya Tapuria. So born in Germany. Born in Ge Germany. Georgian native. Okay. Uh, grew up in Spain. All right. So this guy, is uh, he's, he's got a meteoric rise. He's got that feel about him. Mm, um, bit of a rock star look. He's got that. He's a, a good looking bloke, clean, clean cut. He learned English because he realized that he was destined for greatness. So he just forced himself to learn it, which is what a lot of the fighters sometimes can't um, translate over very well to the fans. Yep. Yeah. So he realized that pretty early on. But, you know, this guy, if you, he's got a doco on YouTube that he released uh, a while ago. He went to his dad with his older brother who just signed into the UFC. I think his name's oh, really? Alex Tapuria. Yeah. yeah. So his older brother. They, they went up to his dad when he was 15 and said, Dad, we're leaving school. We're going to train MMA now. And his dad said, 15. 15 years old, put it on their old man. And the old man said, as long as you're in the gym every day, that's fine by me. Wow. It's cool. Serious story. stuff. Yeah. So he's taking on Volk. Volk's never been beaten in this weight class. Obviously, he's uh, our hero in Australia when it comes to the UFC. But there's some stats that are starting to stack up against Volk, including his age. He's now 35. There's the curse for fighters over 35 in, in uh, main events. Yeah. So look... We know how Volk fights. We know we know he's going to turn up. We know he's um, durable. We know that he strikes well. He outstruck struck uh, Max Holloway in a, a pretty impressive performance. But then obviously he's lost a bit of time with that um, Islam fight, the the, the, yeah. the series. You know, he's probably lost a year with a fight in between of Yair Rodriguez, who I don't really see as someone that's comparable to Ilya Tapuria. Yeah. So. Um, is this Volk's biggest challenge ever at this weight class? It's a unique challenge. So he's yeah. had bigger challenges. He's had Max Aldo, Holloway. Had yeah. Holloway, you know, and he's performed every time. But Father Time waits for no one. We know yeah. that. A knockout three months ago, which is a very, very quick turnaround for such mm. a savage knockout like that. The age factor, no matter what you, you say, does play into it. I know uh, um, they're... Uh, making a joke of it. Yeah. But it's not a joke. It's a real stat. So yeah. at the end of the day, someone gets someone at some point. You're always going to get done. No one's That's the scary thing in yeah. fighting, isn't yeah. it? There's always a bigger fish. And whether they come at the start of your career or at the end when you're a little bit older, a bit slower, a bit weaker. Yeah. Father, father time's comes. undefeated. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like you get to a certain point and there's going to be some new young buck. And, and the UFC are always looking for that new young you know, young fighter to come through. The UFC Start... always feeds killers to champs as well. You know, right. in boxing, they might pad a, a record. The UFC goes, oh, there's a new man in town. Boom. Here's Volkanovski. Which can work in the UFC's favor. I feel like the UFC would want Ilya to win. 
You Scott, reckon? I, I feel like they would. You know, Volk's been at the top for a long time. He's come off a loss. He's not going to have that three or four year dominance ahead of him anymore, most mm. likely. I mean, no one can say never, but most likely. So Ilya's a superstar in a new, a new, um, a new area for them. So yeah, Spain, a new market. So they're talking yep. about a has new Spain market. ever yeah. had a champ before? No, and they've never had a UFC there. So they're talking, Ooh. you know, Coliseum. They've filmed. Remember, they filmed the promo in the Coliseum. Yeah, that's, that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So if you look at uh, the fights that I really looked at when assessing this fight in terms of Volk. Yeah, were against Chad Mendes, which you've got to go back quite a while for, which is yeah. 2019, because Ilya presents something that his last couple of fighters haven't, which is, uh, I think, a strength advantage and a, a overall size and muscle advantage. Volk yeah. still has the reach advantage, but I feel like uh, Ilya has the strength advantage. If you saw how he powered through Bryce Mitchell, who's one of the best grapplers, he has one of two twister submissions in the UFC, he powered through him and he submitted him by head removal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Chad Mendes is where I kind of look at the body with, and Chad came off the couch pretty much. Um, he was retired, came out of retirement, fought Volk, and he was really able to capitalize early on before he gassed yeah. with good takedowns. He took Volk's back, which if you look at Volk, he does get into bad situations pretty, pretty regularly. Mm. So Islam spent a lot of time on his back. Um, you've got, um, Chad Mendes has spent a lot of time on his back. Brian, Brian Ortega. It nearly choked him out. By the grace of God that Volk won that. That's the famous one, yeah. And that stat that I shared with you earlier in the week, the two submissions that um, Volk almost went down to with Ortega, who, again, doesn't have that strength advantage, was a mounted guillotine. And that's the one that everyone talks about, but it's pretty easy to get out of if you can just hang on because people's arms gas out pretty quickly. Yeah. But then he rolled... Uh, Volk got the top position and he started to throw some pretty... Um, wayward strikes from in the guard, which put him in a triangle. So Ortega putting him in the triangle, adjusted it, but Volk had that strength to be able to posture up. And what that meant was that um, Ortega tried to come up into a mounted guillotine. So that's where you roll up on top of the, the opponent and try to get a triangle from the top. Uh, triangle, not guillotine, sorry. Yeah. Where you roll up on top and he just didn't have the strength to do that. Now, Ilya's first victory professionally was a mounted guillotine. And his second submission victory was a mounted triangle. So if he gets Volk in that same position with a strength advantage, Volk might not be so lucky. I, yeah, I just I do feel like Volk hasn't really faced anyone since Chad Mendes where he's had to give up a strength advantage except mm. Islam. And we saw what Islam did to him in the first fight. Look, hate me on the text line as much as you want. I felt like that was a, a clear 4-1 um, decision victory and Islam controlled that fight pretty well. Yeah, He took his back for a long time and yeah, he threw punches, but if you look at how judges, that's control. It's the most dominant position in MMA, it's having your back taken. And we've seen Volk quite a few times have his back taken and been put into these pretty precarious situations. Just reading the body language, what you're saying, I feel like you're going... Ilya? I don't want him to win. Yeah, but, no, but is that your opinion? <laughs> yeah, well, you've yeah. done look, you've yes, done the deep look, dive, so give yes, us give us yeah, the, so look, the hot mail. The the money line is terrible value. I would stay well away for it. It's, I think it's like dollar eighty to dollar ninety three. It's actually fluctuating a lot, so they must be taking. It is Tapuria out to two oh two this morning. Yeah, so they must be taking big money. on, yeah. on people at the moment. That's um, Volk a lot of money for Volk. Yeah, then. that's right. That could be just the Aussie. That's yeah. So yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. When we look at our betting, so I I, just, I tend to focus on the American money lines. Yeah. And if you compare, you can get some really good value in Australia because I think that their analysts are not quite as advanced as the American analysts. Mm. So usually what I'll do is if I see big discrepancies between the American money line and the Australian one, I'll go, hang on, the Australians haven't caught There's up. There's a yet. good tip. But yeah. It, but it also works 
It's purely because weight of, of Oz, money. A weight of money. Yeah. Aussies, and Aussies want to see Volk. Yeah. Volk oh, win. absolutely. And obviously, yeah. he's he's so, he's so a if there's no value there, where are we looking? Look, Eight submission victories, Ilya Taporia. Volk gets put in these precarious situations. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but in terms of path to victory, I do feel like Volk will probably be able to point strike him without knocking him out. But I see a very good potential path to victory for Ilya by sub. So six dollars. Six dollars. Good so value. There's nothing to tell me that in that same situation, Ilya won't be successful if he gets there. And in 25 minutes. I think Volk has shown that he will probably be in one of those scenarios. All right, the, a lot of people are hoping you're wrong because Me too. because because of Volk. If in in the in an alternate world, Volk gets the job done. Yep. How do you think Volk will win it? A po- a, like one of those convincing point, points, point victories. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's three fifty. So you can hedge. Yep. You could go Volk points or to Puria yeah. submission and yep. come out well in front either way. Yeah. I don't mind it. All right, the other big fight for the Australians, uh, and you've got the shirt on today. Robert Whittaker takes on Paulo Costa. I am foaming at the mouth for this one. I'm shaking with nerves, mate. But, <laughs> you know, he's our boy. He's uh, If I think of athletes, sports teams, I've never enjoyed so much watching someone's rise, failures. It, it's just like the emotions that this guy brings up to me. I don't know if it's um, biased because we've trained in the same gyms and things like that, same coach yep. and all of that. It's um, He's just a, a good bloke as well. He uh, seems like I it, doesn't he? Back at yeah. the top. He deserves In it. a sport of rat bags. Yeah. <laughs> Both guys, like, they're just so Volk beloved. is too, yeah. Everyone loves Volk. Everyone yeah. loves Whitaker. So Great representations a, of Australian athletes. Sure. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, like, the way that we conduct ourselves on the world stage of MMA with Ala Strickland. Yep. <laughs> um, it's, it's chalk and cheese, and I think yeah. um, they do it great for our credibility on the international stage as people and as fighters. Um, but look... I'm shaking with nerves, mate. Uh, and this shirt doesn't come off until we get the W tomorrow. Nice. Um, we keep it on. But, yeah, look, it's a, it's a it's a very hard fight to break down given that Costa, he's a, what's he fought? Once He's had one win since 2019 against a retired Luke Rockhold. Um, and there was moments in that fight that he uh, didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at commonalities between the two fighters, it's Martin Vittori, who Rob disposed of pretty quickly, really convincingly. Um, and uh, Costa failed to make weight. Remember that when he said that he was drinking wine in the week of yeah. the fight and he missed weight by, I think it was mm. like 10, uh, mm. 10 kilos. So he's they a bit loosey-goosey, Costa. He's a bit of a lunatic. Yeah. So he went up, uh, they went up to a catch weight, and essentially um, Vittori disposed of him very, very easily. Yeah. And the, looking at that fight, technically I see a big path to victory. Like Rob, obviously in the DDP fight, um, he seemed to have struggled with the southpaw stance. Yeah, and that's so that's Drykus Duplessis, yeah. who's now the champion yeah, in that weight division. Look, losing to that, obviously he's lost to the new the new champ. It Rob's only Rob's really ever lost the champs, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, mate, he's fought the absolute top for the last ten years, pretty much. How old is Whitaker now? Uh thirty three, I think. Okay, yeah. so he doesn't have the thirty five curse. No, no. So okay. he's still he's still within that range. Yep. Maybe he's thirty four by now, but yep. yeah. So he's he's this is his last run at the title, you would assume. Again, mm. you don't know. Sometimes they might give him a say. We get a loss, which I think is pretty unlikely tomorrow. They yep. may give us a fun fight, like Izzy three in Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. They, we could get something like that. But look, uh, Rob's changed his camp up. If, if you follow his social, you'll see that he's been training at Castle Hill at Bulldog Gym, elite level coaches, elite level sparring partners, and Rob coming from a traditionally karate or taekwondo stance. 
I think that what happens with that stance is you can struggle to make angles, so you have to go in and out. Yep. And I think what happened is because he had that probably predictable game plan each time, people have been able to prepare for him. Yeah. And they're getting replicating that in training pretty well. Now, Rob mixing this up into a more Muay-based camp, I think you're going to see he'll probably still come in with that stance, but potentially change it up into a, a more angling approach. Nice. And when Vittori had the most success and he landed this every time was when he circled to uh, Costa's jab to the yep. right and he landed the over right across yep. the top. I think Rob's going to have a lot of success with that. And it's a pretty obvious flaw that Costa during the fight, usually what will happen is if someone keeps landing that punch, you'll adjust. And he didn't adjust because Costa stands very flat footed. Yeah. So it's quite hard for him to angle as well. Costa is a big smack talker, mid fight even. Does that yeah. have the potential to rattle Rob or he just... No, he doesn't care, mate. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's a laser focused professional. He does his own thing. You see him in fight work, terrible interview for the media. He just goes, I don't care about him. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get bait him with Izzy. They're trying to bait him with DDP. He says, I don't care about him. Yeah. At, at the peak of his powers, it's probably what let Rob down. And that's in, and that happens in UFC and boxing, right? If you're not selling yeah. the fights because yeah. you're super humble. Like even with the sort of little gimmick that, that Volk's done this week with, yeah. with playing the old man and playing into it, it's definitely got people more interested, I'd say, for sure. Yeah. These are, look, these this team, they're the most cerebral team that you're going to find. So Alex Prades, his coach, and Rob, they're very cerebral. Um, so the way that they're going to approach this will be very technically. And I think that will make Costa struggle. So aside from Costa landing that, he's he's got power. There's no doubt about that. And anyone can win a fight with a, a, one, let, a one shot. Um, aside from that, I can see a pretty convincing points win for Rob. Um, Rob's a pretty hard, hard one to pick. I Rob points 220. 220, okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty good value. But again, Rob's a hard one to pick. He, he did have a lot of submissions. And they've got a great wrestling and submission game out there. He just doesn't has never had to use it. Whittaker um, submission, $13. Ooh, I'd put maybe ooh, one unit on double. that. Maybe one, one unit? One unit, maybe. <laughs> Responsibly, of course. Yeah, well, whatever uh, your unit may be. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited, mate. I think that's the fight That's the fight of the year for me. Um, and is there any other fight in this card, just quickly before we get to a break, is there any other fight that... I'll give mine. I think Ian Gary uh, does the job against Jeff Neal. Ian Gary's had a little bit of a checkered time in the media of recent, but uh, he was on a trajectory to a title fight. Yeah, so Jeff Neal, he's had a, he had a pretty bad staph infection, some stomach issues. He's been out, but look, Jeff Neal's dangerous, man, and he's got yeah. grappling. So Ian Gary hasn't been tested with grappling very well yet. He hasn't been tested with much, really, nah, has he? So they've given him that really padded way way up. because The UFC pick someone's scope sometimes, and they go, let's just give this guy the, the rise. Ian Gary had it, but I don't know if the stuff with his wife oh. and that kind of affected his <laughs> trajectory a little. He's got an interesting story, yes. young Ian Gary. Uh, yeah. But look, if you just look at him at the fight alone, he's an exciting fighter. He strikes, he sells the fight pretty well, whether yeah. you love him or hate him. Yeah. The UFC are going to like you either way, whether you sell fights because they hate you or love you. But yeah, I, I think that's a hard one. Look, everything tells me that Ian Gary should win this. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised with the grappling background of Jeff Neal if he wins it. So, All righty. Can I just get one other tip for you before we go? Uh, Henry Cejudo, another former champ. He fights, uh, how do we say this guy's name? Uh, Dashvili? Mirab Dashvili. Mirab, yeah. 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 So that's a that's a, a Olympic gold medalist in Henry Cejudo, 37. Just quickly. Ooh. Yeah, so 37 uh, against Mirab, who has the record for the most takedowns. 
what you see in those fights is sometimes that the uh, grappling exchanges will get cancelled out. Usman versus Covington, perfect example, and it becomes a striking dominant fight. I do think Henry has the edge with quite a few knockouts on his record uh, over Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw and Marlon Marais, who, funnily enough, uh, Mirab also has a knockout victory over. But I do see Henry with the edge if he turns up. So, All right. Henry Cejudo, 290. So there's a bit of value for all our listeners. Uh, of course, as always, gamble responsibly. It's the home of sport in Sydney, SEN 1170 AM, one of the only places where you'll hear UFC previews in Australia. You're on the Moles Club with Scope and Missile. We're joined in studio by Magic Mike, our MMA expert. Heap of text coming through about this weekend's UFC 298. Matt says, Missile, the MMA guy is brilliant. Never been so pumped to bet on MMA. Uh, this one from Stephen. So mixed reviews, which is always good. Get the people talking. Stephen says, I thought Mike was an MMA expert. Sounds like he's backing the wrong man. Volk will be too strong and too powerful. I did go to school with Stephen, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, look, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying if you look at uh, history, there's a lot to indicate that um, people have their time and I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make assessments. Uh, hey, it's Stephen too. Bet on that side of the head. You're supposed to bet with your head, not over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, got a big, he's got a big head too. <laughs> this one, speaking of A-graders, Luke Rockhold. Unpopular. Luke, he fought Costa, didn't he? Yeah, he fought Costa. It was, um, it was a pretty... Pretty fun fight. Yeah, um, Costa is a Costa, fun fight, isn't he? He just throws down. Yeah, Rockhold, I'm pretty sure it was short notice as well. Like, Costa rubbed his blood all over his eyes. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah. Rockhold Savage. did a bit of partying after that too. Yeah. When, he, when he got the belt, he was carrying was on a bit, he wasn't he? Out, yeah. he? Yeah, hangs out Fisher. Yeah, he uh, does. Yeah, he that's does. It. That's where I remember seeing him. Steve says uh, on the Sean Strickland one, guys, uh, Strickland elbowing someone to the side of the head and temple can't be good. Well, I don't know if it did any damage on going to, to old Sneeko, but... If we've got to damage one person to teach people about talking crap, I think... YouTubers. Yeah, that's Sneakers is the example. <laughs> All righty, Mike. Thanks for joining us in studio. Our great MMA rapper. Definitely going to get you on a bit more as we move towards UFC 300, which will be the biggest event in UFC history. Uh, so looking forward to having you back on the show. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, you're on the Moles Club. Stay tuned. Plenty more straight after this.